Welcome to the Hunters and Unicorns 2020 Mastery Mission. Essential listening for sales professionals on the quest for mastery. Shorter episodes, huge impact. The 2020 Mastery Mission is sponsored by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Are you on the mission? Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. Welcome to Hunters and Unicorns, the 2020 Mastery Mission. 20 topics, 20 guests for 20 minutes. We're here to unlock the tribal wisdom to help you get one step closer to mastery. I'm Simon Kutis and I'm joined by my co-host, Oli Kune. Welcome to the show, everyone. And we're absolutely delighted to welcome Bart Vanderberg. Bart, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Happy to be here. In the way of an introduction, Bart, you're currently Regional Sales Director Benelux at Zscaler. And whilst you obviously have a, a vast experience within the world of, uh, of software sales, by your own admission, it was your experiences at Fuse where it really all came together, where you were obviously, well, you, you were exposed to the likes of Luca Lazaron, Cedric Pesh, Andy Byron, amongst many of the other kind of playbook legends and obviously true to that lineage you're, you're at zscale are really following that uh, f- following that amazing amazing playbook which has brought you such uh, incredible success correct yeah. yeah that's why i uh, that's why i came here to follow uh, dali rajis and see what uh, what he could teach me on my uh, pursuit to mastery my own pursuit to mastery as we call it here yeah <laughs> absolutely so we have 20 minutes but could you please introduce your topic yeah, the topic of today is uh, you know, why are deals won and lost in discovery or deals are won and lost in discovery? Oh, it's an incredible subject, Bart. So look, diving straight in. So why is this subject so important to you and why is it so important to the playbook? Uh, well, I think in the, in the playbook, there's been a lot of talk about pain and champions and, and why you need them to, to do a deal. Right? Without pain, there's no need to change. And without a champion, there's nobody fighting for you to get that change in place. But you can't really get to a pain without having a level of understanding. And in order to get that understanding, you need to have, you need to do discovery. You need to ask the right questions. You need to get an understanding of what is it where the customer is today and why would they need to change? So really through that discovery, you get that understanding. And through that understanding, you build trust. And through that understanding and trust, you get in a position to build a champion. So really, there is no pain in champions without discovery. Yeah, you you talk a lot about the the need for it's change management in essence. So, you know, you're trying to drive change. Why is discovery important to drive change and how would it help, you know, our viewers and our listeners in in their quest to to close more deals? Yeah. So I think one is, of course, if you're a sales rep, you ideally you want to, you want to crush your numbers. So you want to go beyond your numbers as much as possible. So you want to do more deals and you want to do bigger deals. And typically, when you want to sell transformational deals or you want to have uh, transformation done in the company, it starts with change. And change is hard. People don't want to change, right? People don't want to change. So if you want to force a change, you would first need to have people understand why does that change need to happen? So what's wrong with the situation that you're in and why is it broken? So what are the negative consequences that arise from where you are today? And typically what happens is people don't see it. So people are in that situation every day. So they, they, they don't see what's broken. They don't experience the negative consequences very, very consciously. So you almost need to be therapeutic in your conversations and having a conversation with, to bring those things to the forefront. 
and have them realize that, hey, the things that I'm experiencing right now, the, the, the processes that we're going through, this is not right. They're broken. It's taken too much time. Too many people are involved. But that's not top of mind for people because they're so busy getting the day-to-day done. So in order for people to justify change, you need to really get it top of mind, not just with one person, but with a whole team of what is it that you are doing today? What is it about what you're doing today that's not working? How would you want it to be tomorrow? And what good things would happen if you would get to that place tomorrow? And how would we get there? So those are really the questions that we would need to ask and and understand to drive that change. So, So going into the topic, you know, what are the kind of the fundamental tenets which are required or that, what that really underpin discovery? Well, I think discovery really is, in, in, in court, you would say discovery is the collection of information that could help you state your case. And I think it's no different in court than it would be in, in sales, right? It's really about finding all the information that could help you make either a good impression or drive that change or get your deal done. And if you look at the fundamental elements, it's really points in time. So the first discovery really starts before you even met your customer. So even before you meet the first person, you don't want to go in and and ask the obvious questions. You don't want to go and ask them how much annual revenue do you do or how many employees do you have or what's top of mind for you. So it first starts with just doing your homework. So a lot of the discovery where you start, the fundamental piece is understanding what is that business doing? How do they make money? Uh, what are the kind uh, the ex- existential threats that they have? Who are their competitors? What are their competitors doing? What's happening in the market? That sounds like a lot, but it actually helps you accelerate your sales cycle so much further when you do that homework and you can get to a point of having a business conversation much faster. And if you, if you get to a business conversation, you can really start looking for the one thing that you need to drive change, which is pain. Because if there's no pain, people will not change. So I think it's really about Firstly, doing your homework, understands what's going on in the market, what's going on in that business, what top initiatives are they driving, who would be running those initiatives. And once you have that, you can start to ask the probing questions that could lead you to the point of having, you know, let's say, having identified a justified reason for change. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting subject. I think when we last spoke, you know, I, I definitely felt myself drawn into when you started to talk about the mindset and, and the curiosity can you give us a bit more insight into into that, please, Bart? Yes, yeah, so I think in terms of the mindset, I think discovery, well, discovery is typically a stage in the sales cycle. It's at the beginning. But I think in reality, discovery never stops. So you, you do discovery prior to meeting the customer to getting an understanding of what's the reason they would need to change, what's the pain, who could be. So that that's the initial stages. But really, discovery goes all throughout, throughout the sales cycle. And it really starts about... The first stage of, let's say, discovery would be to answer a question about why would the customer need to change? What, what's broken and what would they need to change? And then as you advance, you start looking at, okay, what's the reason they need to change? It's typically down to a few fundamental problems. So what are the main problems that they're having and what is the impact or what are the negative implications of that problem? And how would we measure that? That's the first stages. So then people come to the conclusion, okay, maybe it is right to change, right? Maybe we do need to solve these problems. Maybe I do need to, in my own, lose weight, go to the gym to make it a personal example. But then the next thing is, what are we going to do about it? What's the best way to solve these problems? That's the second stage of it. So first it's, let's identify that there is a problem. Let's get people on board with the problem. So I think it's firstly asking the questions, documenting it. And I think that's a step that's very often neglected. It's documenting and playing back your understanding to the prospect. Like, look, 
we've had this conversation. These are the notes I took. Can we look over them together? So that way you build a mutual understanding. And through that mutual understanding, you build consensus and you justify the need to change. And that you can then share with multiple people. So that's really the first change is why do we need to change? And what are the negative consequences of not changing? I think that's the most, let's say, important question we need to answer initially before going anywhere else. Yeah, and I suppose with with that in mind, obviously, you know, with regards to obviously the, the mindset of discovery, how how do we then take it to the next level? So obviously, we've now identified that there is a potential need. Where, where do we go from there? Yeah, so typically, when you've identified, let's say that the current situation is unsustainable and it's and, and it's not right to stay where you are today, you would then move into. Okay, so what would be the best ways to start solving this problem? This is actually a point where as a, as a salesperson, this is where you make your money, right? Because if you've done your work right and you've documented the, the case for change, right? So you've documented together with hopefully by then your champion. This is why, let's say, company XYZ needs to change. These are all the things that would happen to us if we don't change, then by that time, there's a, there's a level of trust. Then you can also start to use that trust, start meeting some other stakeholders and to start brainstorming about, so what would be the best way to solve these problems? And you can almost see it as, here's, here's, let's say, situation A and here's situation B. If you want to get from A to B and there's water in the middle, you're going to need to build a bridge. And that bridge is actually going to be the required capability. So what would be required to get from A to B? And yeah, well, logically, what would be required is, is the solution you sell. So you're going to help to architect the solution that they need to get from A to B. And if you do that right, there's only one solution that can really solve their problems, and that's going to be yours. So the more specific you can be in defining the journey or the bridge from A to B, the higher the probability will be that you're, you will win the deal. But, but I know you're quite specific on how that should be articulated in terms of, you know, not presenting your solution, but providing a solution to the problem. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I think in sales, a very, very common mistake that we make is we talk a lot about how good we are. So we talk a lot about what capabilities we have and how our solution is faster, cheaper, more reliable than the other thing. And I think typically what happens is if we do that, the person at the other side of the table starts recognizing themselves in the solution. So they start thinking, hey, we actually have some of that. Our solution is cloud. Our solution is, there, is available everywhere that we have today. And it actually, it achieves the opposite of change. It achieves the result that they want to stay where they are because they recognize themselves in the solution. What we need to do is we need to get the customers to recognize themselves in the problem. So we actually need to, the, the biggest thing we need, and that's why we come to selling change, the biggest thing we need to sell is the problem they have. So the first thing we need to do is focus on the current state of the customer, focus on the current state they're in and what negative implications might occur. And this all goes all the way back to spin selling, right? So what I'm telling you is, is nothing new, but it's really hard. It's very easily forgotten. So it actually takes you back to the early days. Where are you today? What are the things that are broken? Who's impacted by it? How often does it happen? And as soon as you understand that, then the need for change becomes very obvious. So, so, but you talk about obviously the discovery mindset at the beginning. So, you know, it, when we're looking at the three whys, do they have to already exist, or is it? Is, does the discovery also help us understand if we need to invest more time to create it, or if they're not there, do we just simply walk away? You know, how how, how do we get the balance of knowing where we are and whether to move forward or step away? 
Uh, well, I think that's two questioning ones. So one is a qualification question and the other is, are they there? So in an initial deal, there's always going to be a reason to change. It's whether or not we can find it or not. That's, that's really the thing. And I think a common mistake that we make is that we think that we're going to find the three whys in one meeting. We're going to think we're going to have one conversation and in that one conversation, we're going to understand what's broken with that company, where would they want to be in the future and what good things would happen? What's the best way to solve that problem and why should they do it now? That's It's a process, right? It's a process. So I think you need to love the process and you need to love the fact that you're puzzling it together. So very often it just understands with a very rudimentary understanding of less of the three key problems that a, that a business has. So you have your first meeting and that's the very rudiment. That's the why anything. It starts with a very rudimentary, let's say, question. I believe you're running into these three problems. You're, you're having a high security risk. Your infrastructure is almost falling apart and you have an initiative to move to cloud that you need to support. So these are the three problems, Mr. Customer. Are they correct? And then you play back your understanding to that customer in a one-to-one meeting with, with your champion or with a potential champion. And you start to verify what your understanding is. And it's very important that in that meeting, you're vulnerable. So you're vulnerable, you say like, hey, Oli, this is this is what I've written down. It might not be 100% accurate, but this was my understanding from the meeting. Could you please correct it so that if you and I partner up together, we can make this understanding better and we can actually help you focus on the right problems that matter to you. So it starts with a very rudimentary understanding of the problem. And from there on out, you can start focusing on negative consequences, implications to the business, implications to certain part, uh, parts of the business, certain departments, and then work your way up to metrics. But it really is a process and you can't start talking about how to solve the problem. So you can't start talking about yourself really until you understand what the problem actually is. Because if you start talking about yourself and how good you are, but there's no problem, you're wasting your own time. As you spend more time in in these points of discovery and as you get further into the process, is it common for the wise to dramatically change or... They might change, yeah. I've seen them change quite dramatically as the, the higher up you move into your organization because the why for somebody lower in the organization is typically not the same as the why for somebody at the top of the organization. So it is very, very important that you uh, document and, and work on the three whys as well as you can together with your champion to earn yourself the right to go out and meet, yeah, let's say the ultimate decision maker, or as we call it, the economic buyer, so that you can validate your understanding of what's important, but also so that you can start to understand what's really important to that business. Because what's on top of mind for the CFO might not be the same for the head of infrastructure. And ultimately, the CFO would need to sign off. So it's better you're aligned to what the CFO thinks is important than, uh, than, than the person you're working for at that point in time. But we, we, we often find, you know, that in, in, in kind of the engagement with clients, you know, a, a lot of the time, you know, they can be impatient, you know, they, they do want a solution or, you know, they're, they're looking for value. How do you find the balance between discovery and bringing value to the customer, especially when they're putting pressure on you to, or, or you're in a competitive situation against other vendors? You know, how, how are you able to kind of carve that time out? Well, I think it's very, very important that it's it's always a gift to get, right? So no conversation could just be just you asking questions. So you should always go into a conversation where you're looking to get certain information or you're looking to get parts of an understanding with, hey, what could we give in return? So sometimes a very good way to open up a customer to admit some of their own flaws is to tell a customer story. So if you tell a customer story about, hey, we work with, uh, with customer XYZ and they went through... They went through a dramatic change. They had a large transformation going on. And in this transformation, they struggle with 
getting their users access to all of the cloud applications that they needed to in sufficient time. They also struggle with getting these applications secured within the time frame that they needed to be, so it exposed them to risk. And very often when you tell that story, the customer is going to think like, hey, we're, this is not just my issue. There's other customers that have that same issue, and they'll open up. So it's always going to be a balance between give or get. Because if you're going in there uh, like inspect a gadget or, or just in, just interrogating the hell out of them, it's going to be a very, very brief conversation, and it's going to be one meeting and you're done. So, so what, what what do you think are the most common pitfalls in, in all of this, Bart? You know, what, what are the where, where do where do salespeople really fall down in this process? Yeah, so, firstly, I think it's it's to it's it's talking too much about ourselves. So, we go into a first meeting, and all we talk about is how good we are, that we're that we're a leader in the magic quadrant, that we have customers so and so, but we don't really take the time to listen and understand. So that that's probably the first that common pitfall. The second is we, we talk just about product and we don't talk about their business. Uh, so we go in there and, and do the same thing, but we don't talk about what would be the reasons for the customer to, uh, to change. And that comes down to do your homework. So we don't always do enough of the homework. And I think another thing that we do is the minute we recognize a symptom of a problem, that we recognize from another customer, we start to pitch the solution. But there's no urgency to change yet. So the minute the customer says, yeah, we actually have, uh, we need to improve our security posture. We tend to do like, oh, that's great. We have solution X, Y, and Z that could help you with improving your security posture without really understanding why they would need to see, improve their security posture and what would be the consequences if they don't and who else would be impacted by it. So I think those are some of the pitfalls that I've seen quite regularly in my own sales cycles <laughs> when, I was, uh, when I was selling, but also with my team, I sometimes see it. And what happens then is you you come into, uh, let's say you do four meetings in the sales cycle, and then you go in like the twilight zone where the deal is stalled and, and you can't get anywhere. But you're looking at each other with the customer, like, what are we doing? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's very uncomfortable, but it happens. Yeah. So that's a kind of a typical example of really, you know, slowing down in, in, in the sales cycle. Tell us a little bit more about that, because I think that, that is quite important, Bart. Yeah, so I think as a... As, as a sales rep, we often think that we're in control, but there's really, there's a limited amount of things that we can give to the customer. I think the gives are typically in the form of they want our pricing, they want to get their hands on the technology, and they want to speak to a reference. And in that case, they don't need us anymore. And they want to get that, that, that as fast as possible. But really what we need to understand is why would the customer need to change? What is the impact to them of not changing? I.e., what is the business case and what is the value that I can sell my solution at? Who would be the ultimate decision maker and how can, I, how can I work my way up to that person? So what we need to do is then make sure that we have, let's say, a good gift to get in that sales cycle. But really, it starts with helping your customer understand why they would need to change. Because in a sales cycle that you see, I think over 50% of, of deals are loose to, let's say, the status quo, to do nothing. So over 50% of the deals are lost to do nothing. And you've probably seen this in sales cycles with, with, the, with your reps if you work with them that they get to a person that says, yeah, we need to change this. But that person would then need to involve five other stakeholders that he also needs to convince of the need to change. And that's typically where it already goes wrong. So they can't internally justify what, what the need for change is. So they never really get to the point where they're going to look at solutions or products to solve that problem. So the real thing that you need to do, and that's actually where we need to slow down, is to justify the change and get people on board with, with the fact that a change is justified and required. And only then should we start talking about what is the best way to solve that problem, 
And yeah, ideally, of course, the best way to solve that problem is with us. So, so I suppose in terms of real kind of things to try, Bart, you know, what, 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 you know, for, for those that are listening or watching, what, what, you know, what can they implement that can really help with this? Yeah, so I think uh, if you look at different points in, uh, but I think the biggest thing that I've seen is really before your first meeting, really, really do your, do your homework on the customer and really start noting what is the company objective? What do they want to achieve? What are the strategies that they have in place? We, we call that, at Zscaler, we call it value pyramid. There's many other businesses that use the same. But if you really hone in on what does a customer want to achieve, what are their business strategies, what initiatives have, can I find and who owns them, and what, let's say, challenges can I envision other customers had when they went through similar things, if you really do that homework, you're going to set yourself up for a lot more success. And then during that meeting, so that, that's prior to that meeting. And then you work out, let's say, a question funnel of questions that you could ask in order to identify where potential problems might be. So that would be prior. So if you're, if you're a rep, sit down with your leader and really brainstorm about, hey, I've worked so hard to get this meeting in a diary. We're meeting the CIO. I've worked my ass off to get it in. Let's sit down and prep that meeting to make sure we convert it into an opportunity and we can work towards that big deal. So that would be prior. Then in that meeting, I always encourage everyone to, in their notebook, make a diagram of six boxes. So you just you, you create a diagram. If you still do yeah, paper or pen, in the left, you set the current state. So that would be all the things that they have, right? Everything about number of employees, number of sites. If you sell CRM, what current CRM do they have? What capabilities do you have? And then right next to it, you set the negative consequence. So what bad things would arise from that? And then to the right of that, you would then say metrics. So what is the implication of those things? And then towards the bottom of your chart, you start writing down future state, positive business outcomes. So what good things would happen if you get there? And then in the bottom right, you write required capabilities. What would be required to get from current state to future? If you write those things down, it's really, really good if you do it because it tells you by looking at your notepad, Hey, I haven't spent time on the metrics yet. I don't know how to quantify the business case. Or we have talked about the current state. We understand the problems, but we don't know where they want to get to or how they're going to get there. Required capability. So the sooner you start with that, the sooner you can start to take control of the conversation. And then the sooner you have that understanding. So that would be during the meeting. And then what you do after is really play back that understanding to your customer. These were the notes that I've taken about your current situation and problems you're running into. Right. This is the notes that I've taken on the future situation of where you want to be and how you would want to achieve that. Can you give me some feedback on that? Who else would care about this? And that's really how you build up that momentum and meet other stakeholders in the deal. And the more people you meet and the more people you get on board with your idea, yeah, the more people you're going to get, let's say, on that train towards success with you. Well, Bart, I think, you know, this is probably a really good time to summarize what we've spoken about today. I think, you know, what, what's fundamental here is that qualification isn't something that's a tick box exercise. It's not something that, 
you can just follow as a process. It is a mindset. And actually, you do need to be very present with where you are in your deal cycle to really actually know whether it's time to move forward or take a step back. But ultimately, we are also talking about restricting the urge to go into the cell to make sure that we've got enough information that we need to be able to not only influence the one person, but also the, the other stakeholders that are involved in the deal to actually make it happen. And, and through that discovery, it creates the momentum which enables that, that, that big leap forward, which is driving the need. And that's why the three whys are so fundamental. Why, you know, why change something? Why, why us and why now? So I just want to say a, a big thank you. I think, uh, you know, f we've taken so much from that. And I think it's been a, you know, it's been a really, really great topic. And thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah, happily done. It was, uh, was a joy to talk about. Amazing. Well, to all our listeners, thank you so much for joining in today's session. If you like what you heard, please share and subscribe. But a massive thank you to you, Bart, for joining us today. You've got a phenomenal reputation within the industry. So it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show. But again, to all our viewers, um, we look forward to welcoming you back for another mastery session soon. Thank you very much. Have you enjoyed the session today? Be sure to let us know how you got on with the tips and please help others discover our series by sharing and liking our content. Are you on the mission? The 2020-20 Mastery Mission is brought to you by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Check out somuchsoap.com for more information.